millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Create More podcast with me, Ben Stewart. This fortnight's podcast is a uh, is a bit of a special one for me. It is with the uh, the lovely Mister Scroobius Pip, who of uh, some of you may know, but he was the very original reason for me wanting to do the podcast and uh, I've been listening to his podcast now I think next next week is actually episode 50 for him so um, it's it's just been brilliant to hear him kind of change and evolve over the last kind of six months or however long he's been going for and um, for me the the whole basis of the podcast the idea of create more is uh, this idea of creative entrepreneurs people who are passionate enough to go out on their own and produce uh, their own kind of content and just uh, be their own person, I guess. And if you look at the people that I've interviewed before, like uh, Assemble Studios and David Batch from Studio Weave and Jason Bruges, they're all people who have gone out on their own and created something that they're that passionate about. They they felt they had to create their own thing. And um, I think obviously, Scooby's Pip, if you if you don't know, uh, or if you like my grandma who said. What on earth is a Scroobius Pip? Um, Scroobius Pip is obviously a podcaster. And if you didn't know that, you should definitely go out and check his podcast. It's called The Distraction Pieces. He's probably more well known for being a spoken word artist. He's also a hip hop artist. I mean, as I started doing the list of things that I could talk to him about, it just got longer and longer. He, uh, he runs his own film club every month. Um, he was a DJ for a year at XFM. He's a... Uh, He's also, as, as we talk about in the podcast, he's also started to get into acting. He's, um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but I can't remember what I mentioned in the podcast. But yeah, he is in a film and is trying to push that as well. So he does loads of stuff. So this idea of a creative entrepreneur is the way I see it is that kind of Scroobius Pip is his brand. And I, for example, am an architect. So like my output is architecture, like David Batchelor, the podcast I did a few weeks ago. His output is sculptures and and light art and then you know Scroobius Pips just happens to be a slightly different angle but but to me they're all in a very similar atmosphere of this kind of just as we say in the podcast just do cool shit just stuff that genuinely interests you and you're passionate about that should be your driving motivation and man talking to that guy just he's so kind of passionate about the things that he loves doing that that just comes across in his podcast and stuff so yeah, we talk about loads of stuff. I mean, obviously, I know him primarily through the podcast, so I just love talking about the podcast at the beginning. Um, but then also, kind of, I kind of set up the podcast to go backwards. So I go start from his podcast and then go through to his music and stuff. But um, I will. Uh, I think something I like trying to do is uh, if you're listening through Acast, then obviously at points in the podcast the videos and music videos that he's done all pop up but if you're listening through itunes which seems to be just as uh, popular now um just go and google or go on youtube and type in scroobius pip broken promise which is a, a song that he did with dan lasak and is 
one of my absolute favorites, which we discussed at the end. Um, and also uh, Letter from God to Man, which is a spoken word piece that he did. And uh, just listen to those two because they really set the scene for the kind of musical chat that we have at the end. And um, tune in to the end of the podcast to find out who is on next fortnight's podcast. And um, yeah, this was... I really, really enjoy this podcast. And to be honest, I, I could have carried on chatting for about an hour. There's so much stuff I didn't talk about. And, uh, you know, Pip had been around. He'd just done another podcast that day. He'd been traveling all around. So it's very, very nice of him to allow me to come over to his house and just sit down with him in his living room, which was like a, a real a real treat for me just to sit down and chat to him. And um, I feel that I should make very clear that uh, I'm just, I'm so excited to start chatting to him that, I completely forget to do any sort of introduction. So we do just literally start talking straight away. I don't even introduce him. So uh, yeah, I just thought I'd make you aware of that. So uh, yeah, tune in to the end. And I really, really hope you enjoy this because I had so much fun doing it. So thank you. This is episode five. Enjoy. You don't use a computer, do you? No. No, I use... Well, yeah, I'm always so paranoid that... Um, it's my fear. It's from a me and Dan t- a touring for years and him smashing it with computer, but also knowing that when it goes wrong, it can screw everything up. And, and knowing that the podcasts are generally a one-take opportunity. Yeah. Like, I can't say to Simon Pegg, like, when he's cleared several hours in his schedule, because I <laughs> didn't really record. Can I pop back tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, no, you're doing the new Mission Impossible. Okay. Okay. Because when we recorded that one, that that's what he was filming, and he was on call all week. So he was like, the hard part is I can't tell you exactly when I'm free to do the podcast until quite late notice, because they kind of tell you a week in advance, oh, we need you... Th- Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Because it depends where they've got with everything else. Obviously, it's hard to stick to an exact schedule on that scale. So, yeah. He's it's, then. Um, so, it's not one that I can go, oh, it didn't record because my laptop died. Yeah. Simon, can we just do that again? Yeah. Can, can we just, just start over? Yeah. Come on, Tom. Just yeah. relax. Yeah? yeah. We're trying to record the podcast. Exactly. Well, you, as, uh, you're probably quite aware of this format. Yes. So, we have already started. Yes. Excellent. Um, but uh, that's why I made that story more interesting yeah. and instantly started getting in, in storytelling mode rather yeah. than. I mean, I'm there. I'm Simon there. was doing Mission Impossible. Yeah. It's like, oh, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Simon that's how it works. So, because uh, in, in the car over here, I was like, right, how do I start the podcast? So I was like, well, I think the format I'm going to do is, is how I found out about you. And then yeah. I'm, I'm going to work backwards through finding more about you. Yeah. So. Sure. Um, I was listening to the Nerdist podcast, and mm-hmm. this was this was before your first one came out. And then on, on iTunes one day, it just said people you may be interested in, right. and we, your we, Russell Brand podcast popped up. Yeah, and uh, I'd never heard, I'd never listened to your music. I, I wasn't yep. familiar with you. And then I listened to the podcast, and I was like, "This is this is great." He's like, uh, "It just straight away it felt like an informal chat because the Nerdist one was cool yeah. because it's kind of, but they're all American." superstars right yeah. and, I mean that was exactly the kind of the thought behind it I'm a, a massive fan of the Nerdist the one with Tom Hanks in particular is one of the most amazing things you like. and Tom Cruise in fact yeah. the Tom Cruise one I was like I was expecting to not like Tom Cruise it's like I know right wow this dude's just an amazing real f- f- film fanatic he's so bloody enthusiastic yeah films, just isn't a he? lovely dude um, so yeah I loved the Nerdist I loved a Mark a Maron's WTF podcast yeah. a big, big fan of Joe Rogan's podcast um, and there were a few others, and it occurred to me that n- no one in the UK particularly was doing this with a UK people, and I yeah. figured that from the career I had, 
I knew some interesting people. So the fact, I, I mean, the fact that the ones the size of the Nerdist were were having Nick Frost and so and people that I know. So yeah. I was like, well, I can do that because I know those guys. Yeah. And then the idea was then it can grow and grow. But yeah. So because I, I I just remember listening to it thinking. Finally, like, because mm. I guess every tenth one of the Nerdist I, I'd listened to, and then and then each one yeah, you were like, because straight away you you had Russell Brand, and then you had Zane Lowe, or yeah. you already said that you had Zane. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. it's brilliant. I see. I recorded the first four before I even announced I was doing a podcast because I wanted to know I had four really strong ones yeah. to start with. So I had a, a, a Russell Brand, and then Zane Lowe, then DJ Yoda, and then Alan Moore. Yeah. Um, and it was like, right, I wanted to know I've got these four that I can announce at once. Mm. So people will be excited about one, but then equally excited for the next week and for the week after. Yeah. And then the challenge would be to maintain that excitement. Because, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that's that's the hard part is keeping that momentum up, right? Because yeah. you, you've got... I don't know how, how fast you hit the ground running, but it seemed you just went from having not done a podcast to just suddenly having yeah. a super popular podcast. It, it hit the ground running really fast, and that surprised me a lot because my thinking was always you need to get about 50 episodes under your belt before you're going to get much interest. Because <laughs> every podcast I've gone to, there's been a one person that's drawn me there, and then I've gone back over a huge back catalogue and gone, yeah. oh, I listen to that one, oh, I listen to that one. Yeah. So the fact that we had an audience after the first one was a big surprise to me. And the, and the fact that we were getting in the iTunes chart and in the top tens yeah. straight away was like, right, this is weird. But it's something that I have to keep remembering and looking back to because the fact is every now and then I will have a week or two where it, dr- it drops a little bit and I'll have to go, right, hang on. We're still a week away from our 50th. And that's when I expected it to start yeah building i expected to do 50 before we had any interest but the fact is we're there now and we've had we've been the number one podcast in the country several times we've been in and out the top 10 constantly so it was like right stop beating yourself up over the fact that you've dropped out the top 100 yeah this week damn it exactly it's genuinely it becomes that thing that i'm overanalyzing it and yeah but you know the whole fate you know if you go on facebook and you, you put on a post and it gets a certain amount of likes, yeah. and then one gets loads. You're like, oh, that was good, right? Okay, yeah, but completely. With a uh, with Acast, you know, you you explained how good yeah. Acast was, so I yeah. used that. The 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 online download, you can find out how many people download it in what day, what week, what country. So specific, it breaks it all yeah. down so amazingly. Does that not become quite obsessive? You're like, why haven't it? Maybe if I tweet, okay, I've just tweeted. I've just noticed a little spike of an extra. Yeah, it's a weird thing because uh, I mean, I try not to look at them stats too much because I think it can be addictive in that way and mm. the, the fact is um because i'm super famous yeah <laughs> no because i've got a lot of, of followers if i do tweet or instagram or facebook about it there will always be a spike yeah. but equally that can get really annoying for those who are already listening or just yeah. my followers in general with i'm posting constantly now it's a really hard thing to balance because the fact is every time i post about it someone will say i, d- I didn't know you had a podcast it's like I post about it a lot, <laughs> yet we're still catching people who have, who have slipped out of, the, yeah. of that net. And that's partly because of the way Facebook works with how it doesn't show everyone that, f- that follows you your, your posts yeah, now. And all, I don't understand that. There's either. all sorts of, of, of weird stuff like that. Or equally, Twitter and Instagram have got to the point that m- most people follow a few hundred people on there now. Therefore, if you don't happen to be online when that tweet goes up, mm. it's unlikely you're going to get in and go, 
it's a long day at work, right? I'll sit down and go through today's tweets and see oh, yeah. see what everyone has tweeted. I'll make some notes, see yeah, which ones I like. Go exactly. Back you just them. go, right, I've, you know, you you look when you happen to look. So it's a really odd one. So it's hard to find a balance of over-pushing and overkill and just making sure you're getting out. I did, this week I did um, a thing where I just put, so I just put photos of, I think it's seven I could fit in the Instagram picture of seven um, British actors I've had on. Yeah, I saw And then that. I did That's one really of good. seven women of different yeah. professions, then one of seven rappers, and then and then one of seven authors, and one of seven stand-ups. And I did a few of them that morning, and we were at number 60 or so in the charts. And I didn't think it'd have a big effect, but then I checked back later, and we were at number... 14 or 13 in the charts which is a huge jump yeah but the fact is again what people forget and one of the the beautiful things of how ACAST break down their stats is that your guest each week is to draw people into every other episode Mm. as well yeah so the fact is the fact I was posting them was making tons of people go oh I'll grab four of them rather than each week I'm saying here's my new guest yeah Whereas if I'm saying, here's a load of people that you might have missed, then people yeah. are going, oh, I'll grab four or five, rather than, I like that new guest, I'll grab that one. So, that's I don't know. A, Yeah, I, well, I, I saw them and I thought, what a great... Because, you know, you were saying, uh, you know, you, you need to remember what you've achieved yeah. over the last yeah, 49, yeah, 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 yeah. 50th this week, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's good timing on my part. Yeah. But you, I, I guess, you, when you've finished, or however long you keep the podcast going, just yeah. to have a poster of every single Polaroid that you've got would be such an incredible Mate, thing. on my shelf... Uh, behind you there you can see two books a grey book and a blue oh, yeah, book yeah. they're both no a Polaroid photo albums so the, the first, first one is full that's got all the Polaroids <sighs> in and the second one's half full now and again that's just for my own j- 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 joy I came up, up with the idea of taking a Polaroid of each one because I figured all the a thumbnail type things are square mm. and Polaroids are a good way to, to get a unique image that I'm not going to have to get clearance of a press shot or mm. do any, any graphic work in general like I take them the table you've got on the side to to, cl- to clamp this mic to <laughs> that's the table I take the, a photo on my phone of the Polaroids and that's what gets used and all the official ones and so again you think of a lot of these other podcasts who have to have a graphic designer working on it or doing yeah. each episode with each name I write in Sharpie on the Polaroid I put it on my table in my living room. I take a photo of it on my phone. But I, I think that, it, that's know? what comes across so much. Yeah. Is that it is just you. It yeah. is just you yeah, doing yeah, an interview. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's, you just know these people. And I would imagine it's a very similar environment to this. You're just literally sat down with them. Yeah. Slightly more glamorous and, than the XFM and, studio, I'm sure. Um, I mean, again, no, I do. I've done probably 70, 80% of them are with my mobile kit. So either in, in their living rooms, in their hotel rooms, <laughs> in my hotel room, yeah. you know, in all different situations. So there's only been a handful that, that that have been recorded at XFM. And in that, in fact, only three have been recorded in an actual studio on actual kit. Generally, I'll still take my mobile kit and, and, and set up in one of their kind of cupboard mm. offices things yeah, and, and, and record this. So it's always, it is easily as, as, as low fire as this. But again, a lot of people have asked over the years, would I... Or, or have said over the years, I've been doing it. I haven't even been doing it a year. <laughs> over the years, um, in I'm the last well few months, a few people have been saying, "Oh, you should do a video of it because the Joe Rogan yeah, podcast yeah. is filmed. A, a lot of the good ones, the the fighter and the kid is filmed, and there's some great stuff. But for me, I think the thing that makes the podcast stand out is that 
it stops feeling like an interview and a performance. And mm. I think a camera would change that. But the fact it's just me and such a small setup and that they're over an hour long in general, 99% of the people I've had on fall out of media mode within 10 minutes mm. and it's just a chat. And that's kind of the key. It's why I hate to keep mentioning the Simon Pegg one, but that was one that I had the biggest reaction from the person's fans to say, this is the interview we've wanted with Simon Pegg for so long because yeah. it's not just promoting a specific film. It's not just, it's not awkward or in a studio. It's just, let's talk about all the crazy stuff you've done. How cool is all of this stuff, yeah. man? You're, you're, it's just been revealed that you're in Star Wars. How mental is that? <laughs> and Although no. we did have to discuss that off, 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 yeah. off, off mic because he did inform me at that point of all the excitement that was going on there, but it hadn't been publicly. Yeah. Well, that, shown, so. I was going to say because two things. One was, um, as we discussed before, we mic the stuff. Yeah. There's, there's, there's other stuff you find out that you're like, yeah. Oh well, people will find out. That's cool. But the Simon Pegg one, you must have been like, holy shit, he's in Star Wars, and I can't yeah. tell anyone. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of of killer. There is often things like that, and 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 film people are the toughest. Like as I met with my, as I was saying to you earlier, I met early on today to have lunch with my mate Kelly who's a, a script writer and screenwriter um, and she was saying so when we're going to podcast because we keep meaning to and we were arranging it for next week and then we realised that everything she's working on at the, at the moment she can't talk about yet so it's like well let's not do it this week because yeah. <laughs> it's like it's going to be the most frustrating podcast of I know because we've we've met up for lunch and we're really close so I've heard so much of the exciting stuff she's about to do yeah. and we won't be able to talk about any of it so we're like Let's leave it a week or two because yeah. that's but, but but that's hugely the case with film people with and Neil Maskell on on last week's one. <laughs> there was numerous bits like the awkward question of so what have you got coming up? Is the awkward thing of I don't know what I'm allowed to tell you. I've got coming up, and it's the same with my f- a film role. I hadn't mentioned it all this time because I wasn't sure if I was allowed to yet. So I kind it, of had to check that was, I was allowed to mention. It was when Neil was going. Um, I'm actually too scared to say. It anything because yeah i've done it before and i've had aggressive emails from yeah. the director going what the hell are you playing at so yeah. poor guy was just i i don't i don't know it's one of the reasons he avoids interviews in general because he can't be bothered to deal with what he should or shouldn't be allowed to say it's kind of it's like yeah. i'd rather just get on just l- and let my performances speak for themselves yeah and it was a great one to do because even though i'd met him just sitting down for that long a conversation i was shocked at how articulate and intelligent and great he is just because of so many of the characters he plays yeah and because he's got a working class accent you assume him to not be as sharp as amazingly sharp and 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 erudite as he is so yeah because <laughs> you're right the f- in football factory perfect hit that's what yeah. i know him from and, yeah. and then when after like 20 minutes i was like wow he's been in loads of like cool plays and things yeah. and you just you just, you just assume just... he's just been plucked because he's a, a hooligan and they've put <laughs> yeah. him in a hooligan film <laughs> yeah you know it's but yeah it's amazing. So, and the other thing was, um, uh, this is just turned into a highlights of my podcast yeah, now. But, so feel but, free to, what, to, to, no, to, no, to no. put it back on track. That's, uh, well, the reason I, <laughs> I'll bring it round. I'll bring it round. Yeah. The, um, the hour long format. I read a Guardian yeah. review of your, of your podcast. Well, I want yes. to talk to you about the podcast anyway. This yep. is, this is my primary reason Perfect. for knowing you, isn't it? So, yes. um, they were saying bit long yeah. and I was like, what the, what do you mean a bit long? How can an interview be a bit... No, I want all the information that I want yeah. in, in in the shortest possible time. Just, just bullet point. I didn't know what he meant. I mean, it, it, I mean, it was it was by Miranda Sawyer. And I have to first start by saying the fact that anyone is doing complimentary reviews of us 
of my podcast means the absolute world. And I've kind of touched on this before, but everything else I've done in my life in the public eye, you, whenever you're doing anything or have a release, you have a team of press people working it to try and get reviews, to try and get coverage. Really? To try th- That's what happens on albums. That's everything. You, you have a press team. Here's the plan. We're going to try and get it out here. The podcast is the first uh, thing I've done where no one has gone to anyone to say, here's what we're doing. Do you know mm. what I mean? So any bit of press we get kind of means 10 times as much as when we know we've got yeah. a team working it. Because it's like, wow, you're just you're just writing this because you were moved to write it. Mm. Not because someone approached you or someone said, here's what you we'd like you to write about this. Or you, you, you found this on your own and you're writing about it because you like it. So, yeah. I mean, that's amazing in itself. But I will reveal my main reason for that over an hour format right now. Um, <clears throat> being a big podcast fan and listener. And again, that's where a lot of, I think the reason the podcast works is because I'm genuinely, I listen to hours of podcasts every yeah. day. Yeah, me too. So it's really, I take influence, I'm learning constantly. But one of the key places I listen to podcasts, and I'm not alone in this, I know it's a hugely popular thing, is when exercising. Yeah. Um, and particularly one I used to run a lot um, before my big toenail fell off from mm. overrunning. So mm. let's not mm. go into that. But um, mm. it was on my runs <laughs> and I'd always l- I like to do between f- a f- a 45 minutes and an hour a- without having a stop. So it's just keeping going and trying to run properly. Um, and the reason podcasts appealed for that is you just put it on and you're, you're sorted with music you might want to skip songs. You, you might want to sh- shuffle. There's so much. You might come to the end of the playlist, all sorts of things like that. And there's points where you might have to stop or awkwardly run and try and look at your phone and you'll slow down or, or whatever. And what I liked about podcasts was I can put that on and I know that it will be with me from the start of my run till I'm done. So I so wanted you're to saying do that. Your hour-long format is for the niche, long-distance yeah. runner. Yeah, completely. Audience. Or just, I mean, equally, <laughs> equally in a gym, Generally, if you in a, a gym for a workout, a lot of people will do an hour workout. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of a standard f- a, a format for for so much of that stuff. Or again, as silly as it is, most people c- don't commute more than an hour or so mm. to work. Well, it's, it's, that- it's those things that, in general, there's so many so many of the places you would listen to podcasts, mm. and normally when you've got around a spare hour, yeah. So it seemed like that was a perfect thing. That there's not a lot of people who do a two-hour trip into work and a two-hour trip home. Obviously, there's, I'm sure there's there's loads, but in general, you yeah. commute to within an hour. It's why you've got those bands around London that are expensive because they're, they're within an hour's journey yeah. into well, London. Because so. the, the reason I like, that I like the hour format is, one, you just mentioned it, that you can't keep up savvy media presence yeah, yeah, for longer completely. than about 20 minutes, especially if you're sat down in someone's living room yeah. asking them genuine questions. 100%. And the other one was... Um, uh, all of all of my work and all of the people I know sit in front of computers all day doing CAD work or yeah. doing anything can listen to music. That's why I like the hour long format. But the, one of the nice things was um, I'll, I'll come on to like who who inspired you. But obviously you inspired me to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing was that I liked yours so much <clears throat> that meant that I knew that an hour long format worked. Yeah. And I think it yeah. gets a more interesting podcast because I'd heard you do it so often. And that was exactly and it was. Similar for me because I had no fear over the hour long podcast because the one I listened to the most at the time was was Joe Rogan, which they're generally they're generally three two to three hours long, (laughs) and he does a couple a week. Yeah, and I would listen at that point to pretty much all of them. So it's like right, an hour is fine. An hour an an hour in fact was me going. 
Let's ease in. Let's not go too crazy. Yeah. Rather than thinking, "Wow, I'm yeah. going for so long." But because like the first three podcasts that I did, um, that uh, they'd not done interviews before, so yeah. it was a really nice. It was like a, it was a new thing for both of us to go and yeah. do. And then the the fourth guy interviewed Jason Bruges. He was very media savvy, and they they've got a great company, and they they do a lot of press. So yeah. he had a laptop in front of him of things that he should say because he'd not been aware of this style of podcasting. Yeah. So when I pulled out all this microphone equipment. And I said, we're just going to have a chat. It took a good 20 minutes to break him through. But then afterwards, he's like, yeah. he realised he hadn't looked at his monitor yeah. for the last 20 minutes, half an hour. So we had a really nice chat. But who... So the Joe Rogan, that was yep. a big inspiration yep. for you. And, and, I, I, and I, I went on Joe's podcast while I was in America. And he he kind of said to me afterwards, because I was saying I had, had my radio show on XFM and stuff like that. And he was... I was saying I was keen on the podcast idea. And he just quite simply said, he thinks in the world at the moment, it's stupid to have a boss in any of this kind of thing. He's like, if you do a podcast, you can just do it yourself. Yeah. And the fact is, if I'd taken my show to the BBC, the BBC are amazing, and I think they're hugely important. And obviously, as things are going on right now, we need to fight hugely to keep the BBC. But the fact is, they have to check and clear so many things before they've happened that half the conversations I've had probably wouldn't happen because there have been some quite taboo subjects so the fact is I don't have to do any of that because yeah. it's only it's me who has to clear it and I'm happy to have absolutely anything yeah. discussed on my podcast so it's one of them it's kind of it just means that and then it's one of again I, I, when I had the XFM show it was only for a year or so but I loved the fact that they were generally like 90% of the time let's do it and see if we get any complaints, <laughs> you know, because I, like, I I had a show on, the reason I was on After Midnight was because I didn't want to p- play radio edits, so we'd play all this spoken word and hip-hop with all the swearing in. Again, I'd mentioned throughout the show, you know, the nature of this genre mm-hmm. is there's some swearing, so apologies if anyone's offended. And we were on, on the air for over an e- a year and we didn't get a single complaint, so... Which is it's amazing, one of yeah. them that in ge- but still at so many and at XFM in fact with 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 many shows is that they will play a radio edit just because they feel they should and yeah. it's like well yeah it was nice to have that thing of oh well let's not preempt um despair or offence <laughs> let's let's wait and see if it happens and then if it does then we deal with it yeah. and, we're, and we're respectful because the point is never to go out and offend anyone but. It's stupid to just preempt everyone being offended uh, by yeah, everything. Yeah, so, so yeah, and that's and that's that's what I love about the podcast. Because having because really. uh, I listen to your podcast often, then I, and then I found out more about you listening to music, and then I was like, well, I want to find out more about you. And then mm-hmm. I listened to a few XFM things, but again, that's you kind of interviewing, yep. showing music stuff. And I was like, there must be someone must have interviewed you. And I listened to the Joe Rog- Joe Rogan yeah. one, thinking it would be an interview with you, but I watched a bit of the video and. It just goes off on such a tangent, doesn't it? I like, love Joe. Again, I had a few people after that say, oh, I didn't enjoy it because he kept talking over you and things like that. It's like, Joe Rogan has got one of the most exciting minds <laughs> I've ever experienced. So I was like, there were so many things that he'd think of something and genuinely, I wouldn't know anything about that subject or have anything to add. Yeah. But I wanted, and it's probably awkward on my part because I'm such a fan of his podcast. So like, I wanted to hear his opinion on it. So tons of stuff. I'm just sitting back and going like, go. Like, well, I, I felt that I was watching a video of you really enjoying being on the Joe Rogan yeah, podcast. Yeah, it wasn't exactly like a hard-hitting interview. Yeah, no, it was completely. hilarious because I don't, can't remember his as helper guy, but they kept on bringing up videos. and you, Brian. Brian, yeah, you, Brian you, Redman. You, 
just I was listening to it because I was listening to it in the background thinking they'll interview Pip okay this will be the bit they interview yeah. <laughs> it just went off and off and off and they were talking about and I learned so much from this one podcast yeah. I didn't learn anything about you no no not at all <laughs> I did a podcast again before I started mine and before I went on Joe Rogan with um, a London Reel which is a, a podcast and TV show um, done in London by Brian Rose, I think I may have forgotten the name wrong, which I apologise hugely. But that was one, and again, he was he went on the Joe Rogan sh- sh- show years ago and was influenced by that. But that's one where it's ninety minutes; it could be two hours, I think, and that's him just purely interviewing me. So if anyone does want to find out more about me, other than through my own podcast, then that's yeah, it's a good one to go and find out. A, a London reel, it's called. But you remember you were going about um, about not not wanting to you know you don't not in the bbc you can do really whatever you yeah. want on your podcast because yeah. remember when i first emailed you i was like i'm thinking of starting a podcast yeah. and i was like do you have to do you get people to sign release forms so they had edit it and you were like i've never signed a release form i've never edited it it just and i was like just exists a few people are weirded out by that when i had who was i booking i think it might have been when simon put me onto his pa to make sure we could get the time and they were just really helpful and they were like well if you give us a schedule, then we can try and push it and all this kind of thing. But they also like, have you got a, a, a release forms and everything? And I was like, nah. <laughs> if you want some, I can write something now in this email. But in general, nah. Just, nah, just going to chat and put it out there. But I, again, I think... It's, again, it's not monetized. So yeah. And there's no... You know, it's all that kind of thing. It's not, it's not, it's not that in that nature. But it's... Uh, what, what's been interesting about it, listening... It was nice being involved from the very first podcast and listening yeah. to him every week. It's not like with the Nerdist where I just I just gorged on like I binged on like a yeah. hundred in the space of like two months or yeah. something, just listening to them nonstop. It's yeah. kind of a bit. I, I liked listening from yours from the beginning. Yeah, and hearing how the podcasts have got longer, but they seem to genuinely be more in depth. It's, yeah, the ones I've enjoyed the most yeah. have been pretty much about people I didn't know anything about. Like- I, I never try and extend it un, uh, unnecessarily. It always tries... I try to make it have a, a natural length. Mm. Um, with... I mean, I sometimes do two-parters and Acast were keen for me to regularly do two-parters because the fact is it gets you higher up the charts because yeah, yeah, yeah. if you've got subscribers, then you get twice as many on that day. But I think that's a, f- a false economy because you're mm. not getting twice as many uh, listeners you're yeah. getting the same listeners twice so it's dumb yeah so i wasn't up for just playing those games but i did decide if they are going particularly long and there's a clear point i like the gal porter one was one of the first ones where i was like right this is a good point to say we're going to end it here and then we're going to continue mm. and go into depth on other stuff in the next half um so if i get to that a 45 minute hour mark and i still feel there's loads in my notes to go through mm. then I'll stop it and make it a, a double one. But yeah, in general, there have been ones that end short and, and, and finish early because that's all it felt there was to say. So, But you, cause you've got, I guess you've got quite a, um, we've got a strong fan base anyway from yeah. your music, but the podcast fan base as well, that you, you always say that the ones that uh, have got the biggest response, you know, there's obviously people yeah. who share them, but the ones yeah. that have really like, people, I guess it's different for people to like and to share than to actually email you yeah. or, or write something. And exactly. The ones that, the ones that I feel are the best ones, are the ones where that person being interviewed has actually put themselves out there a little bit yeah. and said something way more than you'd ever expect I mean, them to. And that you kind of instantly, the Eddie Temple Morris one and the Gail Porter oh one. God, yeah, and yeah. I mean, the Ramel one 
which was part of a, a refugee week with the British Red Cross. That's that's one that will always stand out. It feels like the most important one I've done, but that was someone who was unknown and the story in general was, was mind-blowing. But Eddie and Gail were two that... I've, yeah, I must have had the most tweets. I, I couldn't separate because they were both so open about their own depression and yeah, their ups yeah. and downs. And yeah, that meant a lot. I still get texts off Eddie regularly saying, I'm still getting tweets about yeah. the podcast. And it came out three months ago now, I think. It's like I'm still, still get tweets every week saying, thanks for that. And, you know. I think that the, the kind of the, the balancing act that you seem to do with your music as well of mm. the podcast is to mix humour and, yeah. and very serious subject matter. So, like, the Eddie Temple yeah. Morris one was, he was essentially describing that he had very clear suicidal thoughts, yeah. and yet you were both, not not, not out of order, not, not joking about it, yeah. but, you know, genuinely kind of talking as if it was a third person. And it, and I guess that yeah. engages a lot of people. It's not like you're going, right, guys, this is when it gets really serious. Yeah, completely. Okay, I mean, Eddie's great. Yeah. Eddie's great because both of us for years have worked with a charity called Calm and one of the key points of that is making people realise that you can talk about your feelings and your yeah. depression and, and, and your emotions so again if we suddenly switched and got all heavy it's like well no it, sh- it doesn't have to be that Yeah, it doesn't have to be the biggest deal in the world that, that you're talking to your mate about your worries it can be quite a casual thing and it can be quite a, a, a light hearted and that yeah. was kind of it was. I enjoyed that one because or the way we got to it was very light-hearted because as soon as we sat down, pretty much 10 minutes in, I was like, right, <laughs> let's talk about depression and suicide. Because <laughs> like, it, it, Eddie's always appreciated how, as uh, as you said there, in, in, in certain songs I've written, I'll talk about heavy stuff, which is fine, but, but what a lot of people always appreciate is that we try and play a few of them live as well. Yeah. And they're not going to be obvious club bangers and get the crowd going. <laughs> but it's like, it's equally as important to say, look, this is this is acceptable. This yeah. shouldn't be only on a record because it's taboo and it's awkward to speak about in public. It's like, no, I'll stand here in front of all of you and we'll have this song. So hopefully you'll go home sweaty, drunk and satisfied from an insane gig but at some point you'll think back about a certain point or a certain bit where it got a bit heavy and more meaningful and, you know, it'll mean all the more. Well, I guess this this kind of nicely leads on to uh, one of the... When I found out about your podcast, I went through Spotify and obviously yep. you've got quite a lot on Spotify. And, yeah. Um, I listened to your... Um, I don't mind blank, but the second half of the album is you live at the Royal Albert Hall. And, yes. And the album is... Um, it's it's an, no commercial breaks. No commercial breaks. Yeah. There you go, yeah. And... Uh, what was great about that is again the balancing kind mm-hmm. of your mum and dad are in the audience you drop the c-bomb in the first one yeah uh, but then that was an interesting one <laughs> sorry mum yeah <laughs> and then but then you went straight and you were like you were you were ticking off in a comical way each with the bits between the songs yeah well that's that's uh that's uh suicide and that and then spousal abuse cover yeah. that's yeah domestic <laughs> violence but yeah it, that I mean, kind of balance i thought completely was, was great. i and it's a weird one because it sounds uh, like a sales pitch in fact i'm going to do the opposite of that and say if that sounds interesting don't go and buy my live at the royal albert hall cd because that was the first time i did that set and that kind of i wrote some jokes in between and stuff like that it was the first time i did that and the last time i did that was at the edinburgh fringe and it's always good for to be constantly critical of yourself i can't listen to any of the royal albert hall one because i think it got so much tighter and better by the time i got 
Because you do 17 in a row at the Edinburgh Fringe or 19? 19 in a row, sorry, yeah. 19. yeah. Get it, get it right 19 there. in a row. And we recorded the 18th and 19th. And I think it was the 19th that we used all the footage from. Um, and again, yeah, I, it's completely an intentional thing. And that's always been the case in um, in the live shows is when I never want any of my shows to feel, to feel like a lecture. Mm. And the podcasts, <clears throat> despite the fact there's some serious subjects, it shouldn't feel like a lecture. And I think the whole... Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Approach is yeah. is having that line. It's partly that it's to make it easier to take in, but it's also, I think, it gives a genuinely a bigger impact. Yeah. So if but, we're laughing yeah. and joking, and like I've got a track called Angles, and I always make some jokes at the start of that, and in the track I'm changing costumes throughout, so it <laughs> seems like it's quite light, but it's a serious story about someone taking their own life, and then the the repercussions on their family and, you know, a kind of a revenge murder type scenario. Yeah. So it's, an, it's an unusual one. But it's good because you start those four minutes l- laughing and sn- sniggering and the room always ends in complete silence. And that's part of the point of having that impact and increasing that impact. It it will make the hairs stand up on your yeah. arms or on the back of your neck or whatever at that bit more. Because of the way it's 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 presented, and you, was it was it Alan Moore? Is he the comic? Yeah, worker? You, he was saying that because you got him to do a spoken word song yeah. on the podcast, yeah. and that was good. And you were like, you were saying that. Uh, I mean, you say I got him uh, uh, to do it. If I've ever seen someone wanting to be asked to do something, <laughs> You're like, the Ricky fact Gervais he was like, this. I used to do this spoken word, but it's like you know, even today I could do it at the drop of a hat. Go on then, Alan. Go on, do so, Alan. Do you want to do? <laughs> but again, I was all joking. I was hugely excited to, to, to. That was just me and him in his living room. What an experience! I mean, it's an amazing experience on the podcast. But imagine me as a huge Alan Moore fan. Him just doing a poem that he hadn't done, that he wrote thirty or forty years ago, hadn't done in about twenty years. Just doing it in his living room. I'm familiar with the feeling you probably had, Pippa, from completely honest with this podcast. <laughs> but uh, you was he was said in it that. Uh, you were like, I know if I've nailed a gig yeah. because the silence is not not from when, but it's the silence. If I've got the silence, yeah, yeah. then then the confidence builds and you, yeah, you can it's, kind it's, of- it's intentional. I oft I often do a magician's assistant early, and over the years, certain pauses in that piece have grown, um, and it's for multiple reasons. It's for me to to test the room. Um, a, a latitude is a, a prime example. I did latitude, and there was. S- several thousand people in the tent for my set at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night so they could have been anywhere in that festival going absolutely rowdy crowd they were drunk yeah it? yeah and I did Magician's Assistant I think I might have started with it and I paused and there was a pause in it that I, I let ring out partly as you said it's to test the room and to check your confidence but equally again it's increasing the experience of the audience because you're so I mean there's so so few situations where you can be somewhere with several thousand people and hear a pin drop so that is a unique experience for the as a crowd member and to let that ring out because of people listening to some words that are being said into a microphone Mm. again I think they're all techniques that I, I, I was never taught but I use yeah enthusiastically I think they're real good tools in in the live performing there's a polar bear line where he's he's talking about giving advice to his his son who's learning to rap, and one of the things he says um, is the spaces between words deserve to 
to shine and that couldn't be true and those are the examples of that of when you have that pause and at points it's hard to not smirk because you're like I've got them yeah. this is wicked this is the first piece this is really heavy and I've got them this is you know this is now I've done it and it's risky because if you've not, not got them then it's a nervous I was doing an hour that night it's a nervous hour but to have that in the first 10 minutes of your hour to know this is this is it now I've got you know it's under control and it, obviously I had confidence in the set list I had yeah. and all that kind of thing. but yeah it's kind of it's, it, it's great it's great ways to test it on your own side and to in, in, improve the experience on the other side I've not seen you live but do you mix the the you and Dan Lassac songs with backing or is it if you're doing spoken word it's just spoken not word not really yeah if it's spoken word it's just spoken word when me and Dan are used to tour because we don't tour anymore but when we used to tour we would sometimes th- throw a spoken word piece in there. Um, and with the live band as well, I'd often have a spoken word piece and and and, and then go back into stuff. But also it's a great... People who come f- from a spoken word background are the only people, I think, playing out live who actively look forward to technical problems. Because <laughs> it genuinely... It makes the experience better for everyone else because... B. Dolan mentions it on his, his new record of a gig we did in Hull. And one, and it happened to him in, in Liverpool as well, where the power cut completely during his opening set, just in the biggest song, or in the first song, so it's booming out. And then he just stepped into the middle of the crowd, got him to, to make space, and, and did a spoken word piece while it was it was being fixed. Now... That sounds crazy, but if you've done spoken word for years, that's the easiest thing. Like my spoken word gigs, often I wouldn't have written a set list until five minutes before because I don't need to. It's kind of <laughs> I know the poems. I'll do that, that, that. Whereas with the live band, you need to have this progression or that. With the spoken word ones, often I won't have a set list when I'm up there because I know there's twenty pieces I know really well, and I'll see how the the, the room works. So you've if you've got that back catalogue to be able to yeah. pluck out then a technical problem is awesome because it makes you, you look really good because every other band they've seen when there's a power cut are standing there awkwardly and looking at the sound man and saying oh we're gonna have to st- stop for a minute but you're going there's people here to fix that yeah. i'm gonna come and Guys, my job here this. is to in, in, entertain you so we you know that doesn't stop just because of power so it's kind <laughs> of it's 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 a thing to look f- forward to but yeah generally at the spoken word gigs it's just spoken word which again i love because there's although I started on spoken word I got m- m- most of my name from doing a music mm. so uh, when I did my my first spoken word tour in years it was constantly began so is it spoken word with music in the background or is it just confusion <laughs> it was like just come yeah just come and people just came and I didn't have anyone complain at the end I had a lot of people who were there expecting a rowdiness and drunkness and there is a level of that because yeah. you know there's some bits that get up upbeat and the crowd interaction is always a key on them nights, but yeah, it's kind of I kind of enjoy it when they're coming expecting yeah. a, a one thing and get I, something completely different, but still yeah. kind of pleased with it. I do want to talk about your music more, but you just mentioned B Dolan, and one of the things yes. I did want to say was uh, uh, the balance that you strike advertising. Yeah. This is one of the big things that I think uh, that that I like that you do is that it genuinely. It, it has to, as you say, it's free. You're yeah. not paying for it. Yeah. So just accept a bit of advertising at the beginning. And I always thought, this is just a great platform because you, you have your, you know, your, uh, 
distribute records. I've had a complete yeah, yeah, mind blank. Yeah, yeah, what no, I'm trying no, to say. Yeah, yeah, I've got my label. There you go, record label. And uh, and I thought this would be the perfect platform for you to do that. And I thought, mm, I wonder how this is going to happen. But when I heard the B Dolan kind of secret podcast, yeah, I thought that's brilliant because I. Yeah. I got to find out way more about him mm-hmm. and actually hear him talk. So it felt like a behind-the-scenes thing. I'm obsessed yeah. with behind-the-scenes documentaries, Completely. which is one of the reasons why I like the podcast. So yeah. And I've, I went on Spotify, listened to it, you know, like... And, yeah. But to have... I thought, I've, I know I'm being sold an album idea, but I'm yeah. enjoying the experience. Well, that's it. I mean, exactly that. And it's that thing I always think people are so sceptical of, of everything. And the yeah. fact is, that came out on the day of release. That was to make people aware of the record. Yeah. And we didn't hide that, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there was that's a, what I liked. Yeah. I, I've told the, the story a few times. After one of our gigs at Coco, after all the shows, I I do the merch and I stay there all night and I'll sign anything. I have, have as, as many photos. And Dan, I was outside the gig and someone drunk was saying to him, can't stand st- st- that Pip guy's attitude. It's like, it's so capitalist. He knows... That if he's there, you'll sell more, and it's so capitalist. It's not, and my thing there is, fuck yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd, we sell three or four times as much if I'm on the merch booth selling it. But equally, the first time I went to see Sage Francis, who I was a huge fan of and is is now on my label, I was blown. I bought a record. I bought two records I already owned because he was on the merch booth and I could get them signed. It's like I got a huge experience out yeah. of that. So the fact is. All these people who, if they choose to, who want to come and meet me, have autographs, they're getting an experience there. I'm earning more money. Neither of these things are bad. Yeah. You know, I enjoy it as well. I enjoy that interaction yeah. with the fans at the end and that 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 come down, as it were, off stage of we've just done the gig all energetic. Now we've got this. A lot of people know that I'm incredibly boring and I don't party much. So <laughs> in general, after the gig, I'm 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 going to bed at the hotel anyway and sleeping. So the fact is, that's a really good come down. A route and technique rather yeah. than being hyped and energetic on stage and then in your room like tw- twitching and with adrenaline pumping <laughs> so it's a really good kind of right now we have an hour at times hour and a half of meeting everyone and signing stuff but yeah it's, it's that thing of people don't 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 realize that it can all just be okay you can yeah. be being sold something but it'd be enjoyable yeah it's, it's it's the thing i have with people getting mad at um at facebook because they go oh like they they target advertise and they see what you've been talking about and post stuff that you might be interested in. And I'm always like, wicked. Yeah. It's <laughs> really good. That means I'll find stuff that I might be interested in. Yeah. Like rather than stuff I'm not interested in. So like, I don't know. Yeah. But it means that they're readers. Like, I don't care. I don't, yeah. it's Facebook. I don't post anything important on Facebook for God's yeah. sake. It's like, I'm fine for the, uh, them to spy on me and target me for specific things that I genuinely might need. It, I, I just it's find not, it, it's not a bad thing to me. You know, you're saying people are skeptical. Yeah. And I, I do, I hate advertising because yeah. I think I'm, I I genuinely feel like I'm so easily led by it. Yeah, yeah, shiny yeah. new thing, shiny new thing. Yeah. And then I think, no, no, I'm not going to. And then I, I feel there's like a shift of power coming in that I realize most of the things I've listened to or bought yeah. or, or done have been things I've heard on your podcast or yeah. the Nerdist podcast. And I realize that I'm massively, I feel like I don't, I don't get engaged with dumb adverts anymore, yeah. but I do massively Choose engage. your advertising. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. And I think, I, th- I think that, you know, you were talking about uh, kind of, we were talking about Zane Lowe last time yeah. I came and we were saying that he now works for Beats, doesn't he? Yeah, or Apple. Yeah, Apple. And he curates 
his own music. So, yeah. uh, but I also feel that through your podcast, because you're not working for the BBC, they're yeah. not feeding you people yeah. to interview. You're able to curate. You know, like this is my podcast. These are the people I genuinely feel interested. Yeah. So even if I've never heard the person. Yeah, it's I still a recommendation think, well, of giving that a listen. If Pip's gone to all the effort into him, I'm going to listen to it. So I listened to the Alan Moore and never heard of him. I listened yeah. to the, uh, the Full Facts thing, which is yeah. so interesting. Again, and that's what's exciting about it is we've got that core audience who will listen regardless. Um, and again, it's that th- that thing of, I've said it numerous times, and I always use a, a Jonathan Ross show as an example, but it's because I'm a fan of Jonathan Ross. Yeah. I know people can love or hate him, but I think he's been hugely important over the years. Um, but his show, as an example, has millions and millions of, of, of viewers, and it has four or five huge Hollywood stars each week. Mm. N- now, they could get those same viewers with two or three Hollywood stars each week, and then one slot for someone who's just interesting or, or has something important yeah. to say. And that's what I try and do with the podcast. It's like, yeah. There's, there's, there's Simon Pegg and, and Russell Brand and, and, and Zane Lowe, but there's also a full f- a fact.org and there's one coming up with the guys at Greenpeace. And we had Paul Vickery, who works at the Prince Charles Cinema in London, mm, which yeah. has been one of our most popular episodes. And um, John Tolley, who runs a Banquet Records, an independent record Those store in Kingston, them, which, yeah. again, it's just people who are just interesting. And the hope is that, yeah, it gets it, it gets it out there a bit. Because I'm like I've heard you say a few times that uh, this is moving on to your music was yeah. that uh, listening to the Beastie Boys was a real eye opener to you because like he's just they're just guys yeah. talking. I can do that, and that was that was exactly how I felt about your podcast. Yeah. Was I was like, but I can do this. Yeah, I, completely. He, he, I remember he, 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 seeing the Beastie Boys and seeing the the Bloodhound Gang, which again a, a lot of people will love or hate, but I remember seeing uh, both of them and being absolutely amazed but also sounding going i could so do that yeah that's so achievable yeah. <laughs> and then decided uh, uh, to do it and it's again it's exactly the same with podcasting um so much of the way i do things the fact that i read most of my own adverts and things like that and i've chosen them that's what joe rogan does and yeah. i rarely skip through them so it was that thing of right on some of the podcasts it's pre-recorded and i skip past it because i'm not interested on the fighter and the kid a uh, brendan Sh- Ashaub and Brian Callan advertise the same stuff constantly, but they're hilarious every time because they're doing these ridiculous reads of of overselling it to each other and being ridiculous. That I don't want to skip them. I look forward to the adverts yeah. for stuff that either they've already convinced me to buy or that I'm not going <laughs> to buy because I'm not interested in. But I'm still listening every week. Yeah, as that's ex- ex- exactly my outlook on it. And sponsors and advertisers are taking a while to learn that that's 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 the way to go yeah. in general that they'll pay more to have their pre-recorded advert which i i would say 10 percent as many people would actually listen to it because you've got a skip forward button yeah. if it's a pre-recorded advert it's so easy to skip past whereas if it's the host saying again i've picked all my as- as sponsors as well so squarespace we approached because I've heard them on other podcasts mm. and because of hearing them on other podcasts, yeah. I built my website with Squarespace. So I was like, I can probably do you a good advert because I've genuinely, like that's a good advert when you're saying, you know, and a lot of people uh, uh, listen to the podcast on my website can literally say, you know, the website you're on now 
I built that and I've never had any coding training or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. I use Squarespace. It's like, that's a pretty simple advert. You yeah. know, that's kind of straightforward to, to get that out there. It's also because uh, I was thinking since starting the podcast, I've realized that it helps that you have such a wide group of people, you know, and yeah. have worked with who are genuinely really, really famous. And also, yeah. I guess the advantage is that... Pretty cool, isn't it? It is pretty <laughs> fucking cool. Yeah, pretty cool. And, uh, but again, you've got... I've worked out. So um, if we were just going by how popular we were on Twitter, yeah. you're two and a half thousand times more popular than I am. Right. Wow. So I'm not saying that, you know, that makes you significantly better than me. I mean, yeah, no, I'd say there's an do, argument do for it. Do you feel like in the room? <laughs> <laughs> ben, just kidding. And, uh, but it's, it, I find that with your music as well and your podcast now, yeah. I'm assuming that uh, you've had a bit of time off from recording. Yep. The, was that the what was the plan there was that to recharge I mean, the, plan, the batteries or? the plan was to build a studio a lot quicker but it's taken a yes, long time so the that. time <laughs> <laughs> no yeah the, the the plan was um it was it was a psychological thing in reality um i realized that i'd got into and and i'm proud of every record i've done and i want to keep that way um but i realized uh, when you're in this industry you get in the cycle of you record an album and then you tour 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 and then you record another album, and then you tour, 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 tour. And I had a realisation, I did a gig with Alan Moore and, and Robin Ince and numerous others at the end of, I think it was end of, yeah, end of, end of 2014. And I was doing a doing a, a one spoken word piece at a sold out Hammersmith Apollo, which is two or three a, a thousand people. Um, and shortly after me, The Cure were coming out as a surprise to do a hits set, basically. So literally a 20-minute set of hits, which they never, ever do. Um, and I was going... I, I wasn't the, the, that excited about my set. I was hugely excited about The Cure and about yeah. Brian Cox and about Alan Moore and about everyone else. But I was going out and thinking, right, I'll just get the poem out of the way and then we've got this. And then it, I stepped back the next day and went... I was just getting the poem out of the way. I was doing spoken word in front in front of 3,000 people, you know, in one of the most l- legendary venues in London. Yeah. I should have been so excited about that. So it was, it, was, it was a combination of all those things. It was trying to get off that j- 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 just recording because it's my job, but, but equally going, right, despite the fact that the previous tour is the biggest crowds we've ever had, it blows my mind that that was the case because the fact is... For the last eight nine years, I've done a hundred plus gigs a year, often in the two hundreds, often in the in the in the two hundreds section. I mean, on a busy festival season, we'd do thirty odd festivals over that July August slight September period. So That's we'll be doing several every it, weekend, yeah. and then you'll have a tour at the start, a tour you'll be doing Europe, America, and everything else. So it blew my mind that people were still keen to come and see us because the fact is. And again, coming from a working class background and knowing how tight money can be, the fact is, if you're looking at your wallet and it's a bit short and I'm gigging, you can probably go, I'll catch them in a couple of months. Because that was the fact. So again, the idea as well was there to go, right, let's make it special again. Let's make it an experience that you're not going to have had a chance for for a year or two now. Like with other things, other projects that are coming in, it's it's looking like it could be a couple of years off from gigging. Um, But that's exciting, right? I, yeah. I, I, like I ran the merch on on the Sage Francis tour, so I was there every night on the UK leg, just just, just watching from the merch booth. And Sage hadn't been over for five years in the UK, 
And it was a religious experience for the crowd because it's like they they possibly thought they were never going to get a chance to see yeah. him again. They a lot of them hadn't seen him in five years. A lot of them had never seen him. A lot of them had only heard of him, and he hadn't been over since. So yeah, I loved all of that. I was like, right, actually, it's time to say. And again, I think on all them things you need, I'm quite a, a an all or nothing guy in that respect. That um, I think I didn't want to do a few gigs here and there because I wouldn't want to. Also, wouldn't wouldn't I want anyone buying a ticket for anything and thinking the wrong thing? Mm. So the idea was right. I'm going to stop doing all gigs, and then I, I, when I've got some some new material, I'm going to come back and do loads of gigs but with a new setup and new songs yeah you know obviously play old songs as well but have everything there to kind of come back with a big bang rather than yeah and knocking about doing gigs here and there with no real reason like do you want to pay me again to hear the songs i've already played for you several <laughs> times again that started to g- g- generally be something i felt g- guilty about despite the happy fans it was like i feel bad charging you to just do all this again and it's different i know because i'm doing it every night so to me it seems like it's the same thing over again the fact is it's twice a year for these people or whatever so that's not that regular but still it was that thing of i feel guilty charging you all this this money to come and and see me do the exact same set that you saw me do earlier this year yeah just in a different room or with a different setup or i guess it just just to recharge the batteries and nothing else i mean you remember last last time i was here i was saying that um You've got to a point where you could kind of do anything fun and cool, like it's like your se- awesome. secret secret T-shirts in the podcast. Yeah, great idea, yeah. and um, they're selling really well, I imagine. And you could you could quite legitimately go right. I'm going to do a secret gig in London. I'm not going to tell anyone where it is. Yeah, apart from on the podcast right now. Yeah, and then and then you could do you you know that's uh, that's what one of the reasons why I find it really interesting to listen to your podcast. Just I feel like I get to know you more, but also that you've kind of put yourself in a position where. I'm just going to do cool shit. Yeah. Like the acting thing, you know, your film club, you're just like, yeah, yeah I can I can kind of, the podcast allows me that ability Again, to bring people in. Again, all of it, I've, I've kind of said that from, from day one and with the acting stuff that's coming up and the, and the podcast hosting and the radio sh- show and all these other things, what I've had to remind people is what my name is and why I chose my name and I took the Scroobius Pip name from an Edward Lear poem and it's because at that time I was doing a bit of photography a, a bit of filming um, I'd started doing spoken word a bit of rapping um, and I was doing some gra- graffiti and I was kind of thinking I need to, 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 to focus on one of these things and the Scroobius Pip is a creature that woke up in the jungle and doesn't know what it is and it goes with the fish for a bit then realises it isn't a fish it goes with the lions it realises it isn't a lion and so on and at the end it realises that whilst it can go with all these things it's its own creature it is a scroobius pip so it's, it's, it's not defined and I think I kind of forgot that for a while because I thought of myself for a while as a musician and strictly that but that wasn't was never the plan the plan was always to just as you said do cool shit that I get an opportunity to do and can enjoy yeah. um, and find out if I'm, I'm good at it I'm not cool, sh- cool shit as in putting on sunglasses and, 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 and hanging out. <laughs> that is pretty cool, though. <laughs> smoking behind the bike sheds. But just, just stuff that I I will find enjoyable, yeah, you know. Yeah. So rather than... In fact, it's kind of almost the opposite of cool sh- shit because I try not to think 
if any of these things are credible mm. or respectable. It's trying to go, even though that's a quote I always say, just try and do cool yeah. shit. It's like, it's not thinking about that. Just stuff that I think, oh man, that'll be, that'll yeah, be no, wicked. I, I think more in, when I say cool shit, I mean like... No, me, I'm completely the same. Yeah, in it's only just head, occurred to me. You're just yeah. thinking, wouldn't it be cool if... Yeah. Not like, do you know what, my mates are fine this world. Cool. Exactly but that's that, kind exactly. Of- and um, the, the film club's a perfect example of the Prince Charles cinema hit me up and asked, and I was like, dude... I get to choose the films and have my own film night. It's like, who wouldn't oh, love... They, they came to you. Oh, so right. So they came to me because I hassled them on Twitter a lot. Because uh, basically oh, I well, follow them on go. Twitter and I'm a fan of them. <laughs> I follow them on Twitter and I'm a fan of them. Please let me do a film club. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. It was kind of of, of the opposite. I'm a massive of, of film nerd and they do a lot of amazing like, a marathons and bunch films together. Where, where is this, sorry? It's at the, the Prince Charles Cinema. It's, ju- it's just off Leicester Square. Okay. It's absolutely amazing. Um, and... Basically, the one that I really argued with them was, I think they had a triple bill. So they had 12 Monkeys, um, in- Inception, and Looper. Looper. So all thing, stuff yeah. that have got kind of some time jumping type thing in and weird technology. And I think it was Inception maybe that got pulled because they hadn't, the the people they were getting it off didn't have it or it, was, they, it wasn't available for some reason. And they asked people oh, oh, what they should replace it with. Another Bruce and Willis insta- film. Or instantly I said, <laughs> all your film nerds are going to pick Primer. And they did. And Primer's a good film, but it's just, it's a film that people watch to say I watched Primer. Like, like I, I don't know anyone who's wanted to watch it again. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but it's just, is what it is. And my argument was either they should have a, 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 a legete, which is the, I think it's only like a few minutes long, about 10, 10 15 minute short film that 12 Monkeys was based on. Or Time Crimes, which was the one I was really pushing for, because Time Crimes, it blew up a bit after that because it was on Netflix for a while, but it's an amazing sp- Spanish film um, that no one seems to have heard of. Oh, yeah, I, I heard it on your podcast. I've never heard of it. Looked it, it up. It, it sounds amazing. <laughs> it, I mean, from the name, it sounds like a Van Damme film. It yeah, sounds awful. Time but Cop, it's, that's what I thought. But there that's it. But it's not. It's because it's translation. It's 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 less criminals something, you know. So, it's you know, it's, it's much better in, 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 in Spanish. Um but it's amazing and I was arguing that and they went with Primer and I was like yeah, I mean obviously <laughs> it's obvious choice to appease film nerd. and there was just a few a, a few bits I like that and they just went look you've got a lot of followers stop hassling us and just put your own f- film on and the first f- film I put on was Time Crimes they were like do you want to just put Time Crimes on then I was like yeah, yeah please, 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 please thank, thank you, you. <laughs> um, and yeah it came from that I met up with them and they said yeah do you want to and it's been going for over a year now, I guess. So How often is it? Is it irregular? Is it a regular it's, it's, it's every month. It's once every month. We've had a few months off in the past. There was one film we had screen a, sh- a schedule. Oh, we had God Bless America s- scheduled, which is a great film, independent film. Um, and but the week before that, there was um, a mass. Or no, it was a, one of the shootings in America. I believe it was. Um, I can't think which a, sh- a shooting was. It was it was one of the shootings of a white person sh- shooting a black person, mm. and America looked like a messed up place at that point. And I kind of spoke to the Prince Charles and said, "Look, number one, I'm not entirely comfortable with a film called God Bless America right now, and number two, although it's not about white people killing black people, it's about a white guy and a, a white younger girl going on a, m- a massive killing spree, and they go to kill like 
are reality TV contestants and all the people we would want to kill. Yeah. That's kind of the beauty of it. It's, it's, an, it's hilarious and really dark and witty. But, but I was like, I'm not comfortable with screening this. So we cancelled that. And then took this like sometimes like we'll take a bit of the summer off or the winter or, or wherever we're feeling it's a bit yeah. stretched, but in general we, yeah it's it's at the end of every month. What and do, do you stand up and introduce it and you have a chat afterwards? I stand that? up and introduce and I explain the the point of the night and the, the the point of the night is to choose films I've fallen in love with on DVD but never seen in the cinema. Yeah, because I'm a massive a fan of the cinema. I go four or five times a month. Um, I, I think it's an amazing experience and I explain I'm doing my intro now um, yeah. <laughs> I explain that the fact is uh, when you're watching a film at home you, you're looking at your phone every 10 minutes even if you're not looking at your phone you're looking around your living room and you're aware that you're in your living room no, whereas yeah. in the cinema you're so drawn in and it's a completely different experience So I, I completely agree because I disappointed myself last weekend because I watched Mad Max Fury Road yeah. at the IMAX yep. and I thought one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in the cinema is yeah, absolutely so amazing good. and then one of my friends sent me a link that you can watch online and, and me, and, me and my wife were just kind of, what should we watch on telly? Oh, we always have an argument. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. never agree on what we're yeah, going to watch. Yeah. We were like, oh, we both love Mad Max. So we watched it, not in great quality, on the telly and I was so it's annoyed that I did it. I ruined it. it? Yeah. I absolutely ruined Can't it. And it. like, I, I, and I compl- so I massively prefer watching stuff yeah, in cinema. I now, couldn't agree more. And, and there's, there's, there's been some true classics cinema experience films out recently uh, with Mad Max uh, with a Jurassic World yeah, and again yeah. it's not saying that these are Oscar winning the yeah. best films ever but you can't beat them for cinema experiences yeah. so that's kind of the point of it and then at the end we have a Q&A um, which is audacious to say the least considering we're not involved <laughs> with, with the film in any way but it's normally me and my mate Rich and he's a bigger film nerd than anyone he knows a lot of stuff so but the point there is to s- since the dawn of the term spoiler alert you can't talk about films. Yeah. So yeah. the fact is, you, you're in a room with a load of people who've just seen it. So let's all discuss our thoughts on it. So yeah. me and Rich will normally start with what we thought and then see if anyone's got any views or opinions or anything to, to sling in. That's the only annoying thing about Netflix and stuff now is that you can't discuss it with anyone because you no. know what, what theme is you on. Oh, I've like, not watched it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, can, don't, don't ruin it for me. And I, I miss the days... I remember watching 24 every Sunday night. And everyone's watched that one episode. Yeah, you would watch it yeah. Monday morning and be like, oh my God. But now it's like, yeah, and no, I've got it recorded. I can't. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Or I've watched the whole series. You know, I've binged on it. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah. That's so, kind of the point there to have that interaction. But again, yeah. that's just, just something that came up from Twitter chats. And I don't, I think I've turned a profit a couple of times. But in general, we we don't turn a profit. It's not hugely busy and rammed. It just is what it is. And as long as we can keep doing it, it's like, this is great. Because again, the fact is, years ago, the thought of essentially having my own cinema would be heaven just <laughs> yeah. to put any films on you want. It's like, do you, do you think that a lot? Do you think uh, Latitude Festival, you know, like yeah. uh, uh, thousands of people in a tent, yeah. was it a kind of, holy shit, because I heard that... Or I got maybe, pretty wasted on that one, to yeah. be fair, on stage. So <laughs> I didn't think too much after it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Running around with your top off. Yeah. Because I heard that, um, this is one of the things I did want to talk to you about, yeah. was there, uh, you said you started Spoken Word yeah. in front of crowds, queuing up for other gigs. Other people's gigs, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, what, why did um, you think that that would be the, because why, why that? Because surely that's the, that's the hardest 
No, no, that was the easy option. That was the easy option. But basically, okay. I started off. I was like, right, I'm going to tour the country. I I quit my job. I bought a van, a, a 1987 space cruiser, which is beautiful. It was golden. Yeah, and the seats in the back are folded down to make a double bed. Um, the only person who ever slept in it with me was either my mate Chris or my mate Matt, so it's oh, not as glamorous as you'd hope. Some yeah, sort of story then. I mean, the there are with Matt, and- <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we won't go into that. But um, yeah, and I thought I'll tour the country and I'll just perform on street corners or open mics. I'll see what I can get. And the first thing you think there is right town centres. That's where all the people are. Turns out that's not where all the people who want to hear spoken word poetry or rap over yeah. a beat. Uh, I'd, I'd beatbox into a loop pedal and rap over the top, or I'd have a, uh, a, a boombox and I'd with I'd the blast. beard. With um, the beard had the beard, had everything. I'd, I'd I'd wear a suit. So it was always my early days. Oh, okay. It was always a suit and a, a trucker hat and the beard, and that was right. So you had a let's f- go. You had a, like a fashion angle. Had a look. Because you, so you didn't you didn't play the whole homeless thing. Because people were people like oh, no, not I quite. I mean, that, I mean the oh. suit thing again. It's weird as as we were discussing as we've had to discuss numerous times because of different people we're contacting because of the project we're working yeah, yeah. on. Um, so, so much stuff. It isn't a, a stage thing. The Scroobius Pip name isn't a stage thing. All my mates and I know me as Pip. That's just something. But the suit thing. I used to wear suits on nights out because I worked in H and V for years, and in work we wore jeans and a t-shirt so putting on jeans and a t-shirt afterwards I wasn't that relaxing so I'd relax by p- popping on a suit because it's like wow I'm not at work so you're comfortable with standing out that's yeah I guess so I guess so because I imagine happens. in a suit out in a pissed up club yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know yeah. it was always cheap cheap suits I wore it well <laughs> um, but yeah um, see so, so yeah, I thought I'd do all these street corners and it turns out they weren't that up for it so my thinking mm. was right if I look, if I get to each town and look at the gig listings and find anyone that's a similar g- genre, then they will quite literally line my target audience up against a wall for me. <laughs> like quite literally, they will get them, yeah. bring them all to one place, and line them up against a wall. What better spot to go and do that? That is some genius marketing. Again, it was just it? again, it was a simple th- a thought on that. And again, a, a lot of the stuff I've had has just been. It's stuff that I've been asked to do talks or seminars. It's like no, it's just coming up with stuff. It's like it's all on the fly and just 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 happened to come up with things like that. A key f- for me there was not asking for anything. So doing the gig and not asking for money because I think as soon as, as as you are as soon as it's a busker, you've probably seen the most talented um, uh, musicians you'll ever see a busking, mm. and you'll be like, oh, you know, you'll turn away because they're asking for money because it's yeah. it's an awkward thing. It's an imposition. It's it's it. it it's using guilt. It's using numerous different things to try and take money out of your pocket. So I didn't want to do that. So my point was always to hand out a flyer so that if they enjoyed it, they could could look more up on me. And I'd explain, look, I don't want any money off you. Um, there's details on how to, to buy my stuff if you want to, but that ain't what tonight's about. You've come out for a gig. Yeah. You've come out for Atmosphere or Buck 65 or whoever was outside. Um so, but what's happening here is you're going to get an extra support act and it's me and I'm here now and I'd, I'd do that and yeah, it worked. I mean, the, did you, did you, um, did you do one? Didn't get the best response. Next time you changed it a bit or were you very like, did you stick to exactly what you set out to do each time and just people got used I to it? I stuck to it as best I could. Um, again, I'm the kid at school, school with a stutter. I'd never done any st- stuff on stage or anything I was, so it was hugely nerve-wracking it's why I'm so I believe it's why I'm so relaxed on stage now and it's one of the things that we got 
a, a comments from early on was just how much we enjoy it up there. But the fact is, I started doing it on, st- on st- street corners with people who really weren't up for it, that were aggressive. <laughs> and then it was in front of, you know, these other people. The first oh, 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 one that I ever did was, I almost didn't do it. Like my mate Chris had to, to, to force me because um, it was outside. This was your very first one. You first were like, one, yeah. Guys, I don't know if this is a great idea. I was, yeah, I, I just bottled it. Um, DJ Sh- Sh- Shadow was inviting people to Sony Records or whoever he was with for an album play back in their foyer. So people are all outside. I'd heard about it that morning. And we're like, let's let's go down. And we were going to go and hit Buck 65 at the bar fly afterwards. Um, but I was like, let's try it. And I got there and I bottled it. And then my mate was like, just just get on with it. So I'd, I had a case which I've got upstairs somewhere still, um, that I had a little amp in, um, a boombox, and my loop pedal, and my mics, and all this kind of thing. So I set up and started, and um, it was all right. A few people were into it, a, f- a few weren't. Um, and then we went and did the buck one, a few people were into that. Outside that one, years later, our first interview on Six a, a Music, um, Matt... Um, forgotten his surname even though I know him really well and he's a really <laughs> nice guy um damn anyway some guy called Matt whatever um he interviewed us for a six music radio and he saw me then he was like I saw you doing this. and he had a photo in fact and I'd never seen a photo of it it's no the way. only one that existed he had a photo it was like I took this like when you were out, outside the shadow one so again, he'd assumed I'd done loads. So that was the first ever one, and 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 later that day, I did the Buck sixty five one, and there was a guy called Orpheus at that gig, um, who gave me a, a CD of his beats. He ended up making the beat f- f- for Soldier Boy on my solo record yeah, yeah. six years later, um, and he was with a guy called a Buddy Peace, who I hadn't heard of at the time, who is a huge part of like I, I, he's a, a dear dear friend and a huge part of my life now he's he's one half of of, of war and peace who i released mm. on my label i directed all the videos for i was on one of the tracks so that's the first two i ever did so no as way. a hit rate that's amazing of, of the actual <laughs> yeah. result i may not have made any money but these people have then come and it, it just you, are you, are you, are you were saying about my a long list of successful and talented friends yeah. and that's only come about because the fact is generally people in the creative arts are fans of stuff as well if you know what I mean yeah. so the actors I know ha- happen to be fans of my music so that then translates that actually there's a good chance that a lot of the people that are gig goers are going to be creative because they're there because mm. they're creative as well so the fact is it's not that weird that those first two that there were people who worked in radio, there were people who, who made a, a beats, there were people who worked in record stores and all sorts of stuff that yeah. it then all links and that's so comes not, together. I guess you must meet people and they must, like, I don't know if Simon Pegg was a fan of music, but you meet him and he's, he's like, oh my God. Oh, right, that was really, it. You're like, that's you're, what, you're a fan of my music. <laughs> that, that's what blew our mind. And Nick and Simon did a takeover on Six Music um, and they played one of our songs and were going mad about it and we were like, this is mental. And then, um, that's the, cool isn't at it the, at the pool premiere um, this was a, a while later that invited us along and I really enjoyed Paul and I'm standing there with some friends that I'd, I'd met through Nick and Simon I won't say any names because one of them was really wanting to go and chat up a Christine Wig 
um, <laughs> who's hilarious and beautiful and wonderful. And we were, and he was trying to s- 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 psych himself up and didn't. And as I've mentioned, I'm boring. So I was like, right, I'm going to get the last train now. So I'm, I thought I'll just go and, s- and say goodbye to Simon. I said goodbye to Simon. And then I was turning. Um, I f- I, he might have inter- inter- uh, introduced me to Christine and she went, oh my God, are you the guy that did that um, song, the um, the Wait Over You song with the video with the angel wings? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, Absolutely, and and she was a huge fan. Of, Simon had played it to her, but she was a huge fan of that song, and it couldn't have gone smoother because she, she was like, "I just think the the lyrics are amazing." And I mean, I mean, uh, who came up with the video idea? And I was like, "That was me." <laughs> it's just Get like, the lyrics and too. I was just looking over at, um, at the other guy who was, who was. I was like. Right, I'd best go, Christine. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've got to go and get my train. But it was nice to meet you. Have a good night. So, I have nailed this. But again, that was awesome because again, I was a huge fan of her comedy, and that was the first time we'd had an American who was famous kind yeah. of be interested, which somehow seems even more excited. We'd got a used to the fact that Nick and Simon and things like that. It was still very exciting, but more used to it. As, as, so again, that's always exciting. And Such a nice kind of circle, isn't it? Yeah, Pip. I feel like uh, you, we did say we would. Uh, you, you had a very long day, and we've crashed well past the hour mark. So I, I will try and wrap this up. Brilliant. Now. But um, I did. They fly by though, didn't they, man? They really do. Yeah, yeah. People don't realise that when they're like, "Oh, how how will I fill a podcast?" It's like they fly by. It's amazing. I was like, "I'll say to Pip, caught like <laughs> forty-five minutes. We'll wrap it up." Um, I, there was so having gone back through your music yes. and l- listened to a lot. There's a. I wanted to ask you. I'm not going to ask you like, how, what, what was the basis for a song, but there's two of my favourite songs are Broken Promises yeah. and uh, Letters from God to Man. Yeah. And in both of those cases, I heard one version because I've heard the spoken word version yeah, and then the one with the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like one, something I really want to ask you, I heard... I, I, can't, and I think maybe you brought it up in another podcast and I heard um, Letters from God to Man. Yeah. And absolutely loved it. And that was that was the YouTube video of you stood in front of a wall and you were just saying it. Yeah. And I, I played it just so many times. My wife was like, mm. "Stop playing that blues song." <laughs> and uh, and then I heard it on the album. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like it with the music." And then that's not that it wasn't bad. Yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. so used to yeah. every little way that you'd said stuff on the on the on the original one. And then with Broken Promises, I went I went to Norway a couple of months ago, and I it's quite like it's got that kind of haunting um, yeah, guitar yeah. bit at the beginning. And it's a really nice kind of like a song. I was all on my own in a cabin with my like in the middle of nowhere, and it was really nice. And then I heard the spoken word version. I was like, oh, it doesn't quite for me. It doesn't yeah. have the same impact because it didn't yeah. have the kind of haunting melody at the beginning. And then the advantage is that it it, it changes halfway through the song in Broken Promises you put that yep. boom it gets the, darker yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. I feel that to me for that song the advantage of you being able to switch it's, like that it's the same with You Will See Me for me I I, I mean all of the songs I, I love are what Dan Lissac does underneath mm. or, or Broken a Promise was Wargie who, oh, who, who, who oh, produces job, my Wargie. podcast good job um, but yeah I, I mean I, I love the variation of both yeah. I think um, it's exactly that at points it'll be the the one you happen to listen to first. Yeah, I think that's it. And that's the weird thing with so much of this stuff is that's not the version I know. Any version that you're listening to isn't the version I know because the version I know is the one that's developed over playing it hundreds of nights in a row. I don't... I go back and listen to my own own albums because that's odd. I don't just think, I'm going to chill and pop my record on. (laughs) But again, it's it's, it's a fascinating thought really because people will know every pause and every yeah, part yeah. of that delivery whereas I, I've said this before and it's always an odd one I don't think an album is finished 
uh, when it's recorded. Mm. I think that's for me. That's the first step. I think in general, I have to tour it for a good few months before I really feel it's complete. So. Yeah. The version I'm in love with and know, or am familiar with at least, isn't the one that's on the record because it changes and walks a bit over the but times. You, but it's interesting you choose those two because a a letter from God to Man and Broken Promise and a You Will See Me were all written essentially in, in one sitting each. And a lot of songs I'll come back to and and go go back and forth. But Broken Promise, a Wargie sent me that guitar riff, and I just I sat and, and again they were no only only Broken. I promise and you will see we were both written when we thought the album was finished and ended up for me and a lot a lot of the fan base being highlights of the album so they almost weren't on there but it was like kind of a zero right, pressure this. for you isn't yeah, it it's like, exactly yeah. it's kind of right I'll just I'll write this out and and yeah they seem to work because I thought um, it's interesting you say that it's like if you know you're going to do an album yeah you're like, right I've got to sit down I'm going to make this the best album ever yeah that pressure straight away you're like oh well uh, what did the fans like before whereas you just said We'd finish the album. Yeah. I can relax, well, sit back. I mean, we're really uh, uh, lucky because this takes it all the way back to the start. But our first album, Angles, and our first song, Thou Shall Always Kill, I, rec- I wrote and recorded the vocal to Thou Shall Always Kill in my bedroom at my mum's house. And neither of us had any profile. Um, <laughs> and that was our biggest song. That went str- straight in the top 40. And the fact is, that was a song that had no chorus, no yeah. a- a verses. It's one long thing so no traditional structures so that then gave us the confidence to just write what we are we right the fact is we did that whole first album a chunk of it without any idea anyone would ever hear it and the other chunk was just wow this is going well let's keep doing what we do yeah so so when it came to the second and the third and the fourth at no point have i ever thought what would be right for the crowd or what would be right for radio or for commercial use or anything like that. i've always just gone what do I want to write and what feels right? But again, that's just hugely lucky that because a lot of bands will toil for years unsuccessfully and then have that one thing that breaks and then be like, right, what did we do there that was yeah. right, that was wrong in everything else? The fact is our first thing ha- happened to be right, which gives you the comfort and confidence to just go, I'll just do what, we'll do what we do and if it works, it works. If not... Because your spoken word stuff, you know, the pauses and stuff. Yeah. If you get that to a song, you're like, right, okay, that bit goes there, that bit yeah. goes in that bit. Surely you kind of lose some of the kind of, I guess, uh, f- like uh, finessing of how you use the words when they're just yeah. cut up and placed on a track, right? Because again, it's 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 never a cut up thing. I mean, a lot of them I'll write to the track. So things like a letter from God. I I did that a handful of times as a spoken word before doing it with. Dan so I really got into that yeah. with Dan and then the chance to then do it as spoken word it it all helps develop itself really because it's it's the same as um, oh god I can't think of a good example I've gone completely blank but it, <laughs> it's been a long day <laughs> yeah essentially it's it's that thing of I've had to do it this way for ages and yeah. now I've had the reins taken off but then if the reins are taken off for ages you're kind of excited to have them put uh, 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 <laughs> back on again, Cunning. So it's it's one of them where I love the fact I get the variation of that, the experience of doing it with Dan, because again, the the experience of them, them live with the music is completely di- yeah. different, and not better or worse, but completely a, a different. Um, 
because you can have people going absolutely mental to a deep, meaningful thing, still taking it in and still appreciating it, but going nuts. Yeah. Whereas a spoken word gig, it will always be more relaxed and things like that. So it's good to get to f- a flip, a flip between the two. I guess you've got that amazing image on your website of uh, it's like the main one, isn't it? Where I think you're stood yeah. in the middle of the crowd. Yeah, and there's that yeah, one yeah, guy yeah. just going, just going nuts absolutely at the front. Nuts. Yeah. And again, that was I, I grew up. It's an advantage that we had as a as a hip hop act because a lot of live rap is is rubbish, or, or at least it used to be, <laughs> just not very good. It's people who are used to being in studios and not yeah. at gigs. And the fact is, I I grew up going to punk and hardcore gigs, so instantly from our first show, we had that energy of me bounding about the stage, jumping in the crowd, crowd surfing, stage diving. <laughs> I've broken my ribs two or three times from from crowd surfing. But I've, you know, there was a point on the solo tour, I crowd surfed every single night and would just, there's a, a picture somewhere of me and Dan at a festival in Ireland where I'm crowd surfing on a, on like a big chair, a big comfy chair. That's um, cool. And just, 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 I enjoy all of that kind of, yeah, that energy and element. And that, yeah, that comes from growing up in a different genre and bringing it into our, yeah. our genre. So yeah, I love the interaction with the crowd whether it be at a spoken word gig where it's taking their moments, taking their pauses or talking to them or it's a gig with Dan or with the band where it's literally jumping on their faces. Yeah. <laughs> so I will wrap this up now. Yeah. But uh, it is it is nice having spoken to you to to hear. I, I, think, I do think the podcast does seem like a natural extension of you yeah. doing spoken word and chatting. I mean, it's yeah, obviously completely. something that that is the thing that inspires you and it's kind of... Do you find that you you must have so many thousands of people listening to your podcast that yeah. actually you reach more people with the podcast? Because yeah, someone asked completely. me, why are you interviewing Pip for a for a design podcast? Yeah. I was like, well, it's not. It's called Create More, which is yeah. like kind of like do cool shit. That's yeah, the Create yeah, More yeah, yeah, idea, yeah, and completely. it's like you're a you're a studio of practice, and your creative output yeah. is spoken word, or it's a podcast, or yeah. it's whatever. At the time, you kind of completely. It's it's definitely become a, a, a one of the greatest tools I have for reaching people because yeah. I may have 110,000 followers on Twitter Rub but, it in. but as we've <laughs> as we've said a lot of them aren't going to see most of them tweets yeah. if we've yeah. got 100,000 uh, listeners of the podcast they've all actually listened to that that's not 100,000 yeah. passive faces that's 100,000 people who are paying attention so it's kind of cool and I do I've fallen in love with it as an art form as well as you said there of, as it being an extension of spoken word an example will be um Tomorrow, like from when we're recording this, I'm interviewing my parents as a birthday s- special because every year I've released I've released something oh, nice. on my birthday. Introduction, the video I, I went up on my thirtieth, and since then every year I've, I've released something on my birthday. And this year I was like, all I'm doing is podcast. All I'm doing that I can talk about is podcast. Yeah. So I thought I'll do that. And for years I've wanted to write about the moment my dad. Sat us down and told us he was moving out because my my parents are separated. And again, I don't see so there's so many things that people see as morbid and dark subjects yeah. that I don't. I've seen that happen and it was sad at the time, but it was was best for both of them. But I've tried to write a song about that for so long because because yeah. it was the first time I saw my dad cry. I was the first time I saw weakness in my dad. All this kind of thing. Yeah. And I've not been able to get that in a song. I'm not talented enough, I guess, to get that in a song. And it suddenly occurred to me podcast is the format for that and the art form for that so and me and my dad have never discussed that and we're going to sit down and talk about that 
and I think that's beautiful as as an art form yeah. and as a piece of 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 of, 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 of creativity. It's an exciting thing. I think we'll, we'll end on that because that just seems to to use the podcast as an extension of spoken yeah. word and and to be able to genuinely I think you you've done that so well use the podcast to chat about stuff it doesn't it never feels intrusive it's always mm. very it seems very open and honest and it genuinely for me anyway has been so inspirational so much in fact that I want to do it it's wicked and and I think yeah I think I imagine lots of other people want to do it and again I think the, the it's the one thing I'm not trying to a ruin your ending but the and i would by, i would quite be talking the hour pit no, you had a um, very busy day no, the, um, <laughs> the, the the one thing that i'm always adamant about and i've i've learned this over the years in general online in my music and in everything else despite the way some people may perceive it i try on the podcast to never tell people how to think mm. or, or what to think sorry i just tell them what i think on a subject so it's it, it i'm conscious of not being intrusive in that way so hopefully yeah. you can listen and even if you don't agree with everything it's still a comfortable listen it's not me saying here's what's wrong with the world here's the solutions here's who's bad here's who's good yeah. it's going here's my view on this that well you know now m- make your own view i don't don't want people to just follow my views or opinions yeah. I, I make your own but i like because if normally when you read news headlines news headlines and stuff they're they're, they're done in such a dramatic way to yeah, try and make you yeah, read it. It's such, a, it's such a formed opinion at the end. Yeah. Whereas, I don't, you know, if you only read BBC News or whatever, you only see these heavily formed opinions. You should know exactly what you think. And mm-hmm. one of the nice things about the podcast is I get to hear you discuss openly all sorts of political things, you know, yeah. from one extreme, from the Russell brand all the way to the other extreme. And the idea that it, it, I, not everyone knows exactly what to think. And it yeah. is okay to kind of Completely. listen to you chat through that and with me people. And, and Russell, again, we don't ag- agree on everything. And that was one of the reasons I was so keen to have him on. Because <laughs> I felt everyone either has him on and kisses his ass, or has him on and attacks him. And it's yeah. like, I don't want to do either of them things. I want to discuss some stuff and say, we don't agree on this, but that's fine. And yeah. and so on and so forth. So, so yes, exactly that. And the, yeah, I find the podcast the perfect format for that. Yeah. For that well, um, thank you so much for this. Thank and you very uh, much. I really hope you're, uh, yeah, is your dad aware of the topics you're going to discuss tomorrow? Yeah, I did want to brief him because, again, <laughs> equally, I, 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 I never want to hoodwink anyone. Yeah, like, dad, I'd, sit down. We're going to chat. Yeah, no, 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 that's it. I've had a few people. Like hit me up about podcasts, and I'm about to say, here's a few of things I want to discuss. I don't want you to get caught out by this, mm. but I want to be open and honest. So yeah, I've I felt I should tell my dad in advance that we're going to discuss this, yeah. partly to give him some time to, uh, to prepare some gags and, 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 and anecdotes, <laughs> some dad jokes. Do you remember what we were saying? Uh, some of your neighbours in the pub knew about you, yeah. Which which must weird you out because. It, you you talk so openly about yourself that yeah, people yeah, who yeah, like yeah. like me when I first came to meet you I was like I've just listened to you talk for an hour and a half and I've, you've never met me but I was like all oh, right Pip how's it going and you're yeah. like all right Ben hi <laughs> nice to meet you, you is that is that to odd? know a lot about yeah, me. Yeah. no again it's fine and I'm I'm getting a a used to it the only awkward part is I forget what things I've told people on the podcast and what things I've told people to tell their face and just just purely the worry of repeating myself or yeah. forgetting to tell close friends something really important that's happening in my life. Because <laughs> yeah. in my head, oh, I've told, I've, I've talked about that. So, oh no, I talked about that on my own into a microphone when being interviewed by people on Facebook. Do you know? Yeah, so, your so, friends so, will be like, you've so, told 50,000 people, but you didn't you tell me. To- exactly. Like, ah. So there's tons of that. It's like, oh, but I'm forgetful f- for that kind of things. So yeah, it's always fine. I just assume that people have found out w- 
one way or another. After a couple of hundred podcasts, you'll be you'll, half of it will be caveating. Look, I'm, yeah. I've probably spoken about this. Before. I've probably mentioned this before, but yeah, exactly. Anyway, thank you so much for that, Pip. Thank that was you. amazing. It's been a pleasure. Well, there we go. That was episode number five of the Create More podcast with Mr. Scroobius Pip. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed that. Um, that was brilliant. Having listened to so many of his podcasts uh, over, over the last uh, however many weeks, uh, to be able to actually have him in a room, to be able to chat to him about so many things was brilliant. It's uh, That was kind of... I remember having this chat with uh, my good friend Craig who uh, from Canada who's, uh, who's moved back to Toronto. He... Uh, who we sat down in the basement of Five Broadgate discussing starting a podcast. And uh, we were like, wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be cool if you ended up getting to interview Scroobius Pip? Because uh, we were both huge fans. So there you go. That is a, a little dream come true for me, to be honest. Um, yeah, I may have been a little, you know, overexcited to be able to talk to him. But who can blame me? Really? Come on. So uh, I... Uh, just been listening back through it to uh, to get all the photos and stuff. So if you are listening through iTunes, you should listen to it through Acast, and then you would have had all the images um, and all the videos. Uh, so I can't wait to see what he's going to do next. Uh, having I spoke to him for like another 20 minutes after the podcast uh, about all sorts of things that he's not allowed to say that he's coming up to do. So if they all, if they all pan out over the next uh, two or three months, there's a hell of a lot of interesting podcasts and a lot of acting work that's going to come his way. So yeah, I loved doing that i really hope you enjoyed it and um our next fortnight's podcast will be who was originally supposed to be for last week's but couldn't make it unfortunately because they're moving office it was uh johnny tucker from blueprint magazine so i'm going to sit down with him in a couple of weeks at their new office and discuss everything about just a fantastic bi-monthly magazine that they do called blueprint which is an architectural magazine design magazine uh it's really really cool and um yeah uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Played Studio, P-L-A-Y-D Studio on Twitter. Or if you want to email me, ask me any questions or want to meet it, sit down and interview any other people, then it's ben.stuart at playedstudio.com. So um, I really hope you enjoyed that. And uh, I can't wait to let you hear next fortnight's podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Bye bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.